Welcome to Family Stories Podcast. I'm Grandpa Jimmy, your host, and uh, my guest is coming to us via uh, FaceTime. So sometimes, every now and then, there might be just a little break in the voice or something like that. But if you'll bear with us, it'll certainly be worth it. It's going to be very important, very informative, and I think it'll help anyone who's been worried about where the market is going, particularly those who have investments in 401ks and 403bs and so forth. We all know that the coronavirus has brought unbelievable uncertainty to the marketplace. My guest today is going to address that issue and what we should do about it. He's been in this business 35 years. He's got his own financial advisory corporation. He handles money for hundreds of people, hundreds of millions of dollars. So he knows what he's talking about. And what I really appreciate about Scott Kays is he is a strong believer and has a strong biblical perspective. And I think you'll appreciate what he has to say. Thank you for being here, Scott. I know you're busy. Hey, it's my pleasure, Jim. Well, you know, people people need to hear from someone like you. They all hear from their friends and their family and so forth. Uh, but they need to hear from a real professional, and not all of them have somebody they can turn to. What's happened, as you well know, is there's been a 25 or 30% drop in the market. Why don't you give everybody very quickly a perspective on what is driving this? We all think we know, but why don't you give us your perspective on that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the market hates uncertainty. The market would actually rather have bad news than uncertainty. And so anytime there's uncertainty, you tend to see the market panic and and take a drop like this. And here's what's interesting, Jim, because I've been through probably seven major uh, drops like this, maybe even more during my 35-year career. I was here for the 1980 stock market crash, uh, which still holds the record as the largest one-day drop in our history. Um, that, was in, and, that was in 1987, wasn't it? 1987. Black Monday. I remember that well. Yeah. And so what happens is every time you see this, there is some cataclysmic event going on that causes people to think, this is the big one. This is the one that we may not recover from. First of all, that's a mistake. So the source is different, but the panic, the market beginning to shift away from trading on fundamental factors and start just uh, trading on fear, that happens every time. And so the reactions of the market uh, are actually fairly predictable. And people say, well, it's different this time. Well, the cause may be different, but the market reaction really is not different. And every time it's some threatening event, if you really believe that the market's going to go to zero and you're going to lose everything, money's not going to do you any good anyway because we have no economy, we'll have no trading system, and everybody's going to lose everything regardless of where you put it unless you bury it in the backyard. And so here's the thing people have to realize. The thing you want to avoid in the stock market, and this is absolutely critical what I'm about to say You want to avoid a permanent loss of capital. And here's where people make the biggest mistakes, Jim, is they mistake a temporary cyclical downturn in the market that happens with regularity. They mistake that with a permanent loss of capital. And there is a huge difference between the two. That's what makes people panic, sell out at the bottom, and make very poor investment decisions. So let me just give you a couple of points on that. So 
individual companies go out of business. The stock market does not go out of business. The stock market always recovers. And so if you are properly diversified in the stock market, then you're going to recover. Now, if you have everything invested in one or two stocks, yeah, those two stocks could go out of business. You could lose everything. Bad investment decisions. You got to be diversified to have protection. But let's say you're properly diversified. Now what happens is you're going to be subject to the cyclical ups and downs of the market. Those occur with regularity. And if you look back through history, you know, we tell people at least once a year, plan on going through a 10% down market. Every five years, plan on going through a 20% plus down market. And periodically, every five to seven years, you're going to go through a 30% plus down market. It's just the way it is. And so your investment plans should just plan on that happening. You can't time these, but don't make the mistake of thinking these are permanent losses. You know, that's a, a friend of my son who's uh, my age, uh, has a portfolio, <clears throat> and uh, this has dropped so quick that yesterday, sadly to say, he sold absolutely everything and uh, went into cash. And, and my first thought was that's You've just accepted a loss. Now, my portfolio under your management has only gone down, I think it's less than 20%, although the market's down almost 30 So that that diversification has really helped. But my thought is I don't lose till I put in a sell order. Exactly. So when a client, and fortunately, we trained our clients pretty well. So this doesn't happen very often. But let me tell you how the conversation goes. So. Let's say a client's down 30%. Maybe they started off with half a million dollars and now they're down to $350,000. And here's how the conversation goes. They say, Scott, I want to sell everything. I want to go to cash. And I throw my body in front of them and I say, no, don't do that. Big mistake. And here's their reasoning. What they say is, I can't afford to lose any more money I have to have at least $350,000 to live on, to draw the income from. And if it drops any more than that, I won't be able to live. Now, here's what they're saying. This is a permanent loss of capital. I started off with 500. I now have 350 and I'm not going to get it back. If they recognized it was a cyclical loss, then they would recognize it's temporarily this low, but it's going to go back to the 500. And after that, it'll go up to new highs at some point. And so if you understand it's a cyclical loss, you understand these low prices are just opportunities. And it's not the time to sell. You want to be buying into something like this. That's what the disciplined, good investors do. Now, somebody may say, well, but I need to be pulling money out of my account. And I don't want to pull money out at such depressed prices. One of our rules when we invest people's money is this. Since we don't know when these things are going to happen, and historically five years in the worst of bear markets, five years has generally been long enough for the market to fully recover, a little bit longer, but generally five years is plenty of time. We say, okay, how much money are you going to need to pull out over the next five years? And let's say they say, oh, I need to pull out 30000 a year. That's $150,000. So we will make sure at least, if not more, at least that much money is in bonds. 
bonds hold their value for the most part during panics like this. People flee to the safety of bonds. Bonds hold their value. So now they've got plenty of money to withdraw for the next five years. That leaves the money in stocks free to, to rebound. Gives them five years before they have to worry about selling stocks at a depressed price to get income out of. Well, that, you know, Scott, that's exactly what you've done for me. And, and my wife and I sit here very, I hate to say comfortable, because we, we have the same emotions that everybody else has. You know, emotions are real. But we're, we're sitting here thinking, we don't have to sell. And it, it, it's so comforting to know that now we can wait, wade through this and wait some of it out. Absolutely. And that's the point. Nobody says this is fun. Nobody says it's easy. But you invest with discipline. You plan for catastrophic events like this before they happen. You don't react to them. You follow the plan you establish before these things happen. Okay, now let's 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 go just a, a quick little direction here. We're talking about what we should do as a preventative, but right now, at this moment, people who are in trouble, what should they do? Nothing. If anything, they should look at this as a buying opportunity. If let's say that I had a pile of cash, um, I would probably take twenty five percent of it and I would start nibbling in and buying some stock at these levels. You're never going to get everything in at the bottom. You're never going to get everything out at the top. So just nibble into it. Take twenty five percent. Start buying. That's what I'm doing with my money. I'm gradually buying in to these low prices. Like I said, I'd much rather be buying at um, into a hysteria than selling in a hysteria. And I'll tell you something else that we're doing for clients is, so let's say you had a portfolio of $100,000 and it's 70% stocks, 30% bonds. You go through a 30% downturn. So 30% of 70000 would be 21000 so now you have 49,000 in stock and you're 30,000 in bonds. So you're way out of kilter with that 70-30 stock bond allocation. This is the time to rebalance. You're over allocated to bonds. Bonds have held their value. So you take some of those bonds, put them into the stocks, take advantage of these low prices, and now you're back to your 70-30 allocation, which is the proper allocation. For that person, if that's your strategy. Now, that that all makes uh, perfect sense. And I think one of the main things to encourage people in is if you do have money in the market, just don't get excited. Don't overreact. Try to stay out of the emotion of it and, and let it take care of itself. Now, there are a lot of people out there, Scott, and you've written books to people about personal issues with finances. There's a lot of people out there that their investment isn't their worry at all. They're worried about their job. They're worried about their income. To somebody who's on the edge like that, what would you say to them? Well, again, it may be too late at this point. Um, you know, if, if you haven't prepared for this ahead of time, uh, it may be too late in some areas. But as part of a financial plan, you want to make sure you've got some liquid funds available so that if something unexpected comes up, you want to be in a position where you don't have to dip into your long-term investment. Well, you know, one thing One thing I was thinking about, Scott, which is really directed toward the people who might have one or two months of living uh, income, uh, is that don't wait to cut 
your expenses and your costs. I remember when I was younger, when things were going right, it took me a while to finally decide to back down on what I was spending. And I just think it's so important that if you see that things are going to be tight, don't wait to act. Act today. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally agree with you. And most people have a good bit of fluff in their budget. Not everybody, but most people have some level of fluff that you can cut out and, you know, stay home, watch a Netflix, watch a movie on TV as opposed to going out. And with the clampdown that's happening right now, kind of the self-quarantining going on, that should be easier than ever because I don't know about you, but in our area, you know, they've closed most of the theaters. They're closing a lot of the restaurants. So there's not a whole lot you can do but stay home. That's, that's probably pretty good right now. Yeah, and that's that's cheap. But you're absolutely <laughs> right. Cut those expenses and try and give yourself. And here's, here's the thing. Give yourself as much time as you can because we don't know how long this is going to last. It may get worse before it gets better. We've got to bend that curve and turn that curve down of the infections. And it's like at our office, you know, we are not, we, we shut down the physical office. Everybody's working from home now. And what was really weird when I left the office uh, the other day when we did this, Jim, was I don't know if we were going to be coming back in two weeks or five months. Who knows? And so, you know, we're prepared. If it's five months, it'll be business as usual for us. Again, fortunately, as part of our planning, we have emergency planning procedures to deal with things just like this. We're good. We're meeting with clients through video conferencing. Um, but that's the unknown. And so to your point, cut the expenses now because it may not be better in two weeks. It may take longer and we just need to be prepared for it. Now I, I know, Scott, that you cannot predict the future any more than anybody else can. But from your perspective, from a historical point of view, what do you see? Do you see anything happening, or do you think it's just completely unknown at this time? Uh, it really is unknown. Now, if you use China as a guide, um, and the problem with China is you don't really know if their numbers are accurate or not. Um, China could be lying through their teeth about how many cases they're having and whatever. So, but if you believe their numbers in South Korea, I think would certainly be a lot more trustworthy. They're past the worst of it. They've bent that curve down now. They're past the worst of it. And it took them, what, two months to really get a hold of it to do that. Uh -huh. So if that were the case, it's probably going to be May sometime when these harsh measures are lifted. So it's like, I know when they stopped meeting in schools, they were saying, you know, well, we're cutting out school for two weeks. The reality is they're probably out of school the rest of the year. And they've switched to online education now. I think we're probably going to be in this situation until uh, at least mid-May. I think it's going to depend on some good news somewhere. Yeah, and I think the good news will depend on uh, either that curve is now starting to go down, fewer cases are being reported each day, or we've got a vaccine that's working. Um, so I agree with you. But I tell you the interesting thing that I see happening in this long term, 
uh, is actually going to be a positive. I think there's going to be some long-term positives come out. This is like a slap in the face. I think you're going to see companies get away from depending so much on China for their supplies. Schools, if they're finding out that they can actually meet online and get the job done, I think you're going to see a big push towards home education. I think you're going to start seeing a lot more telecommuting going on, which if you're an investor, would say in the commercial real estate field, offices, office buildings. I don't think, personally, I would not be investing in office buildings right now as a general rule because I do think the trend is going to be more telecommuting and getting away from expensive office space. Let me give you a little example of that. My son-in-law works for a health and fitness organization that's international, and they travel all over the country and the world, for that matter, and hold seminars with those people that are trained to be trainers. And and so this last week, they had a a meeting scheduled someplace in America. I forgot. I think maybe it was in Oregon. And uh, they couldn't do it, of course. And they were expecting hundreds of people. So in they switched from a physical meeting to a Zoom meeting, brought all these people in. They had twice as many participants as they would have if they had done the seminar in person. They made twice as much money. <laughs> and and what he said to me, he said, this is opening a whole new paradigm for us in our thinking. Yeah, and I think you're going to see that. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of that going on in terms of conferences, again, in terms of just, you know, business meetings, I think this is going to really push uh, ahead the curve of telecommuting and, and meeting online. I think it's going to make a big difference. Yeah, I do too, Scott. And I know your time is, you're busy and your time is short here, but I, I just want to encourage people to, this sounds almost trite and it's not meant to be, but relax. God's, yeah. got, God's got this thing. It's not over. This isn't the end. Uh, you're going to recover. Just breathe a little bit, relax, and uh, enjoy what time you have with your family now that you might not have otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Enjoy working in your shorts and golf shirt instead of a coat and tie. There you go. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Except right now in Colorado Springs, we just got 10 inches of snow in Monument, so it's not going to be in my oh. shorts. Yeah, we were up to 80 today in Georgia. <laughs> well, Scott, thank you again for your time. I appreciate it so much. I know you're really busy. I mean, we can give out your email or phone number if you want, but i got a feeling you're not taking too many calls right now. You have enough with your clients. But if you'd like to give those, go ahead. Yeah, if we can help somebody, my email is S as Sam, S-K's, K-A-Y-S, at Scott K's, S-C-O-T-T-K-A-Y-S dot com. Uh, phone number, if somebody reaches us, wants to reach us at 770-951-9001. Well, thank you, Scott, and thank all of you for listening. I hope this has been helpful for you and, and perhaps just giving you a little peace of mind from someone who's been doing this a long time. And So God bless all of you. Thank you, Scott. All right. Thank you, Jim. Thank you.